and welcome to the Forsaken Body Podcast, a show about overcoming the tendency of Christians to focus so much on the soul that they neglect the body. I'm Nikki DeLisi, and of course, I am here with Lainey Greer, and we are so glad that you've joined us today. We are deep in the throes of getting into season two on the topic of body image, and we are going to be jumping into a topic today that is an issue really for everyone. We're going to be talking about negative body image, what it is, what it entails, and all things related to that. But before we get started, we do have a few announcements to make. Lainey's newsletter went out not too long ago, and I think we've talked about her newsletter a bit in previous episodes last season and mentioned it. And if you have not signed up for it yet, please do. It's a great resource. It's a great way to keep up with her material, all things related to her content regarding embodiment, and just be aware of different workshops and different things that she has going on, different book releases, blog posts, and all things like that. So please, if you have not yet, go to her website, which is laneygreer.com, and get signed up for that. Of course, it's free. Second announcement we have to make, which Laney will talk about, I guess, a little bit more because she's been more on the ball regarding it, is that we have some t-shirts that are currently available. Lainey, why don't you tell everybody the latest on that? Yeah, thanks, Nikki. And thanks for that newsletter, PSA, there. I need you to be my PR person all the time. All the time. I will have the megaphone. Okay. Yeah. So I'm really excited about these shirts. Color is a big deal to me. So I really loved the color. It's a really pretty like teal blue. And then the language on it is really intentional. It just reads knitted together, intricately designed and purposefully formed. And then it has Psalm 139, 13 through 16 at the bottom. So I just distilled those verses into those really intentional phrases because it, it is you know, hopefully going to communicate that whoever's wearing the shirt is declaring the goodness of their body that God designed carefully with intention, which is such an important message in the culture that we live in. So you can purchase them. There'll be a link in each episode, but then also on our social media accounts, you can find that on my website. We just ask that if you have benefited from the show, this is a great way to help us continue to put out these episodes and just support what we're doing, especially this season on Body Image on the podcast. And from what I understand, Lainey, they are that nice, really like soft, comfortable material. Am I right? Oh, yes. Nobody wants to wear a cardboard shirt. So (laughs) yeah, we... (laughs) We got a good shirt to wear. Yay! I'm actually super excited to get my own. Very pumped. Very pumped. Uh, So yes, that'll be a great way just to be able to support us and get something really nice in return. Anyway, okay, so Lainey, let's jump into today. We spent the last couple episodes giving brief introduction to body image in general, what it is, what scripture has to say about some things, our own struggles with body image. And today we are going to get more into the specifics of what it means to have a negative body image specifically. We would be remiss, Lainey, if we didn't start out by acknowledging that most of humanity, if not all of humanity, struggles with negative body image 
And this actually goes back really to the fall. I mean, we will get into some things in our current culture that really contribute to negative body image, but the reality is this is an issue that goes far, far beyond what is just going on in today's society. This goes back to the fall when prior to Adam and Eve sinning in the Garden of Eden, there was absolutely no shame regarding their bodies. There was no such thing as negative body image back then. Their bodies were completely being dwelt in joyously and in relation to one another and to the Lord. And it was a beautiful thing. But when they ate the fruit and fell, one of the first things that we see is that they suddenly felt a sense of shame and vulnerability about their bodies and the need to cover themselves. It's no small thing that this is one of the first things that story mentions once they had eaten the fruit and disobeyed God. It is one of the things that has been passed down since that occurred. And it is a regular part of our human experience living in a fallen world. And it affects every one of us, Lainey. So I just think that it's important to set the stage with that historical background six, 7,000 years ago. Yeah, that's a helpful point, Nikki. There's certainly a lot to that. Lots of dynamics with sin coming into the world and the fall and the way it affects us. But yeah, it affects every part of us. And part of that is the way we think about our bodies and the, the shame that we may feel over it, the ways that we maybe listen to the lies of culture about the way our body should look and what's wrong with us if it doesn't look that way. Like you said, negative body image is a super common problem that at some point in your life, every person will deal with. You may not think it's a big deal now, and it may not be, but there will be some sort of physical change that will happen, a situation where somebody may make a comment about your body that may trigger negative body image. Who knows? But this topic is going to kind of launch a lot of where we go for the rest of the season. So the next couple episodes, we'll talk about the consequences of negative body image, but we're building towards the end of the season where we'll get into, okay, what does scripture say? How should the Bible define my body image? So just know that's coming. (laughs) But initially, Nikki, I think we need to give just a basic definition of negative body image, which is essentially just discontent with the perception of your outward appearance. This typically is going to impact your emotional well-being and potentially even lead to harmful actions. So we'll get into eating disorders in the next episode, but that's part of how a negative body image can influence your actions that end up harming you physically. And, you know, we talked in the last episode, I believe, that researchers, you know, secular therapists and stuff, they struggle to have a single definition for body image. And it's the same thing with negative body image, because they say, like, even... Even sitting down and talking to someone and posing a question of, tell me about the way you think about your body, that can produce a negative response. So that can skew results. So that's one dynamic for why it's hard to come up with an exact definition of negative body image. And you're talking about something that's so deep and intrinsic Mm -hmm. to the human experience. It's, yeah. Very, very hard to fully define what is going on there. Yeah, and I, I will say, I think an important distinction, this is actually something that has been said to me in the past of, well, I have a negative body image because I know that I need to lose weight. Mm. So they associate their behaviors with food and exercise as being overweight and obese, and that's producing a negative body image, which, yes, that can certainly be part of it. But predominantly, negative body image is going to come from assessing your body as flawed and is, is slightly different than recognizing that, you know, you may have some weight to lose that you could benefit 
benefit from, if that makes sense. Absolutely. They can certainly be tied together, but it's not just like, oh, I should lose some weight. I hate my body. Absolutely. Yeah. We won't be saying that if you feel that legitimately, there might be some health changes that need to be made, that that is a negative body image issue. Just important to make that distinction. Yeah. And all last season, we did cover ways that we can glorify God in our bodies by stewarding our health. So if that is something, definitely recommend going back and listening to those episodes. But Nikki, we should also say that sometimes negative body image is called body dissatisfaction or body image disturbance. They're pretty much the same definitions, but they have slightly different focus. So body dissatisfaction is just a preference for a body characteristic other than what you have. And then body image disturbance is defined as preoccupation with a part of your body or area of weight distribution you find unsettling. It's all a discontent with some aspect of your physical appearance, but you may see it termed differently depending on what you're reading. And I feel like a lot of those terms end up being used interchangeably and Mm -hmm. yeah. It's important to understand that those are referring to slightly different things, but yeah, it's difficult again to to be clear on some of these things, but but there are different aspects of it. Yeah. (laughs) Which is is strange that it's such a common thing, but it's hard to pin down in the same sense. So one person that I relied on from just a secular perspective throughout my dissertation, I was a lady named Amy Harmon, and we'll talk about a little bit more of her material in another episode. I'm certainly not recommending her book on body image. And again, that will come in later episodes and I'll, I'll read you some reasons why. But she gives kind of an explanation on negative body image and she explains kind of four types of relationships that you may have with your body. Now, I'll just say, I don't like that language. So I would just say four types of ways you may think about your body mm-hmm. instead of a relationship you have <laughs> with your body. So the four ways are avoidant, one-sided, conflictual, and abusive. Mm-hmm. So each of these are characteristic characterizing some kind of bodily discontent. Okay, so if you have an avoidant view of your body, then you're somebody who's driven by a negative body image to hide your body, cover it with, you know, baggy clothes, you avoid mirrors. A one-sided view of the body is going to ignore natural physical cues of pain and hunger because you're trying to shape and mold your body into whatever idealized image you have. If you have a conflictual negative body image, then it's going to mean you are in constant conflict with your body. And that's going to show with continual negativity and fault finding with your appearance. And then the last one is an abusive view of your body, which is where, you know, somebody is driven by their negative body image to actually engage in things that harm your body, like starvation, purging, excessive exercise, cutting, other acts of self-harm. So I think her categories there are important just to say negative body image doesn't look like one thing. It can manifest in different ways. And I feel like somebody could definitely be doing multiple of those things all at the same time. Yes, Yeah, that's a good point too. So, and I guess we should say, Nikki, that negative body image on its own is not a mental disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, We will discuss how it can become a more serious form in something that's clinically diagnosed as body dysmorphic disorder, Mm -hmm. which that's going to come in a different episode. But on its own, it's not a mental disorder. However, as we will get into in the next episode, there are some things that it can bring about that have clinical diagnosis 
that's oftentimes correlated with negative body image. And so it can be the cause of something that leads to a mental health disorder. It in and of itself is not a mental health disorder. Yes. Thank you. I think that was much more clear than what I just (laughs) said. (laughs) No. All right. You were clear. So let's get into some ways of assessing negative body image in yourself or Mm -hmm. seeing someone else who struggles with body dissatisfaction. So Nikki, what's the first way we can assess these things? Yeah, we kind of came up with several questions to just ask yourself to see if you do struggle with a negative body image. And we've already kind of said most of humanity probably does. But if you are evaluating, hey, do I struggle with this? And maybe you know significantly more than even perhaps what would be normal or within the spectrum of normal or I need to do something about it, address it. These would be some helpful questions to ask. And so the first one is, do feelings about your body take away from healthy rhythms of life with friends, family, and job? Essentially, this is saying, is this interfering with your day-to-day functions? Is this interfering with your day-to-day relationships, your thoughts and feelings about your body? Am I so obsessed with this or that aspect of my body that because I'm spending all morning in front of the mirror or I'm late for work or it's interfering with my relationships because I'm just constantly talking and thinking about this issue with my body or something I'm dissatisfied with. Mm-hmm. Am I even just unable to put these thoughts aside and engage in healthy relationships and enjoy life? These are some things to sit down and assess there. Yeah, and even, Nikki, something as simple as just skipping normal social functions mm. because Because, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe you're doing something at the pool or the lake and you're so concerned about your body that you just skip things, you know, that normally you might do, but because of the concerns you have about your appearance, it keeps you from it. And I will say when it comes to any sort of mental health concern there, like a hugely important question to ask is, does it take away from my normal functioning? Yeah. Another one is, and this would be kind of that avoidant body image that we just talked about, but do you do whatever it takes to avoid seeing your body in the mirror or are you constantly checking your body in certain ways, like weighing yourself, focusing on parts of your body that you don't like. Maybe it's constantly feeling your fat rolls. That's commonly something that happens. Just checking those areas that bring dissatisfaction. And again, you know, wearing baggy clothes to cover up, that can all be an indicator of a negative body image. Absolutely. I think another one that we wanted to address is the issue of makeup. And do you absolutely have to, under all circumstances, have a pound and a half of makeup on in public? (laughs) And do you spend a very long time putting on your makeup, getting ready in the morning? Again, we want to be clear, we're not opposed to makeup. Both of us wear makeup. (laughs) But important to assess, okay, if I'm spending 45 minutes or an hour every single morning on my makeup, so that it is absolutely perfect, that might be a concerning sign. If I am feeling the need to spend so much money on the most expensive makeup there is out there, potentially that could be a concerning sign. Am I petrified for anyone to see me without makeup on? Could be a concerning sign. So again, we're not trying to be legalistic about anything. I mean, if there is that one foundation that you just absolutely love and it's a little more expensive, I mean, that is fine. By no means. I mean, I have my little makeup brand that I love, but just where is that balance there? And if you're looking at yourself honestly and you're like, you know, I think perhaps 
some of my interaction and my use of makeup borders on the extreme, it may be a helpful thing to reevaluate. Yeah, I think that's helpful, Nikki. And more than like if you spend this time and no less, then you're okay or more. It's really just what's the heart motivation behind all these things? Is it you're scared for people to see you without makeup? I think that's a really good assessment. And I went through a time in my life where I definitely was. I wouldn't go out of the house if I didn't have my eye makeup on. But my appearance meant more to me than it should have at that point. I was driven by a negative body image because I didn't want people to see me like that. So yeah, another one, Nikki, could be, do you have plans or have you had lots of plastic surgery, cosmetic procedures because you want to change your body to meet some sort of societal ideal? We're going to do a whole episode on different forms of plastic surgery and the way that negative body image really drives that industry. So that's going to be pretty fascinating, I think. It is. It's a fascinating topic. We'll make it clear that it's not something we're trying to be legalistic about, but definitely a good question to ask. Another one that we thought of was just, are you overly concerned or focused on certain things like your hair or perhaps acne or some other perceived flaw? Like, oh, my hair is super frizzy or, you know, I have a pimple or something like that. And we want to make the caveat, we are not saying it is wrong to treat acne. We are not saying that it is wrong to use hair products. Not at all. Or make sure your hair looks nice. Not at all. I have. I hope not, Nikki, because I'm in Tennessee where it's humid, so I need some hair products. Oh, same. My (laughs) hair is, Lainey knows my hair. It is curly. It is crazy. It is, half the time, I don't know what to do with it. But are we crying? Crossing a line into an unhealthy obsession with some of these things. I have had girls come to me and want to talk to me about their acne. And I will sometimes look at them and be like, where's your acne? Like I'm literally dumbfounded and they will point to like the smallest little zit that you can barely see. So these are not things that we're saying don't do anything about at any point. We're just saying really evaluate how you're viewing these things. Yeah. Does it define how you see your body. And two, you know, with hair, I think while that may be a major concern for girls, I think it often is for guys because if they start going bald earlier than mm-hmm. is societally acceptable, then they may be driven by a negative body image that may think going bald is affecting their value and yeah. their self-esteem. So they may be overly concerned about their hair. So anyway, just different ways that negative body image can manifest. Something else, I mean, I think this is like one of the biggest signs is do you use harsh mean words about your body in the way you think about it or if someone were to ask you to describe yourself if that negative self-talk is reflected in the way you would depict your physical appearance then that is a definite sign that you are struggling with negative body image and maybe don't even realize it absolutely and sometimes we do that a lot of times without even thinking you will make these comments that really are reflective of Something deeper. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, along those lines, Lainey, are you intentionally causing harm to yourself because of some concern about your body? And we've talked at length about over-exercising, and we will talk in the future about eating disorders and things like anorexia and just different things like that. And are you doing something that is actually harmful to the body that God has given you because of your dissatisfaction with your body? No, Lainey mentioned, I think you said you had 
broken something and we're exercising through a, a broken bone. What? I would never do that. Never. Never. <laughs> um, you know, certainly um, there are things that I have done and less extreme or more extreme, but if you find yourself doing things that are actually harmful, mm-hmm. please pause and consider what's actually going on there. Yeah. So we had probably go on with questions here. I think we could sum it up though. We've, we've thrown a lot out by saying if you have answered yes, really to, mm. to any of these, it may be worth talking to a mature believer, a mentor, a parent, a spouse, a friend, whatever it is, or even seek some counseling out. If you recognize that your thinking is driving a negative conception of your body, and especially if it's leading you to take harmful actions, mm. n- what Nikki just mentioned, because that's when it can go into the realm where it really starts to affect your mental health. Being on guard against those things is really important. And we've said it over and over, but let's kind of give some clear ways that negative body image impacts both men and women. We said last week that we talked about how body image just develops in general, but that a negative body image can begin as early as six to eight years old. And now, gosh, with the rise of social media and how often kids are exposed to it, I just wonder if that age where negative body image can start developing if that'll get even younger, which is a sad reality that we may have to come to grips with. But when it comes to women, generally negative body image is going to revolve around weight, a fear of being too fat or thinking others are going to view them as too fat. And I came across a study, they surveyed a thousand Americans about what does the perfect woman quote unquote look like? And man, Nikki, I think like, (laughs) I think, I think maybe this is me when I was 12, (laughs) not even 12, probably 10. So they said, they said five, five, 128 pounds with a 26 inch waist, which, okay, first of all, it would be impossible to achieve the proportions of that physical ideal without some kind of extremely unhealthy means like oh that waist gosh. size. And, and oh, you know, lady, maybe, like maybe that's exactly <laughs> like someone out there, but that is not a normal. <laughs> no, I, I body read type. this and I was like a 26 inch waist lady. I mean, okay, I, I will reveal. So, so the waist is not like my area of struggle when it comes to fat storage. Like my, and I mean, a 26 inch waist is going to be like concave, Lainey. I mean, that is not even a flat stomach. That is crazy. Yeah. And this is recent. So like 2019, like a thousand Americans, that's how they, I guess, you know, the average, how the perfect woman was described. So if that is just the societal ideal that is pushed, like no wonder someone, I, I couldn't find it, but in the research I did just in other writing in my dissertation, one researcher just made the comment, like, if you are female, you will struggle with negative body image. <laughs> so <laughs> not that everyone does, but man, when that's the perception out there of what you should look like, that is not a normal person. Like I said, that may have, I may have hit those marks when I was 10, but definitely that 26 inch waist, probably not. <laughs> So in men, their issues with body image are slightly different. And first, also, we should mention body image in general, we said this before, but is understudied and underreported in men or understudied. And then negative body image is underreported because there's a stigma that a lot of times men may feel because they think, well, this is a female issue. I shouldn't struggle in this way. So they're kind of ashamed that they're dealing with these thoughts about their bodies. But yeah, the typical things that guys struggle with, it's not the thinness ideal that girls have of fearing being too heavy, but more of height 
and muscular discrepancies. Mm -hmm. Some do report feeling too overweight, but then there's also being too skinny. So I feel like men's body image issues are a little bit more all over the map because they do take stature into account and even baldness, like that's a growing issue as well. Whereas women, it's a lot of times having to do with weight. weight. Yeah. We'll continue to talk about that throughout the season and just emphasizing that it is very much an issue for men as well. So let's talk about some of the influences as we get to wrapping up uh, this episode. There are a ton of influences. We'll unpack these more in coming episodes as well. But Nikki, what's kind of the first obvious influence we need to think about when we consider negative body image? Yeah, one that comes to mind right off the bat is your friend group and your social circle there, people you want to fit in with, pressures to look a certain way to fit in with a certain group of people. A lot of times also start of puberty and when that happens kind of compares because you may be an 11 year old girl who is starting to go through puberty and your other friends just have not yet. And the opposite extreme, you may be a 14 or 15 year old girl who has not gone through puberty yet and all of your friends have. There may be a group of girls and they are thinner and you just have a more curvy figure, quote, bigger boned, however you want to describe it, generally fitting in with the people that are around you, your peers, peer pressure, that can be a huge thing, especially at the younger ages, Lainey. Mm -hmm. I think this is a huge issue. I do think like as we get a bit older, there is a little bit more of a recognition and acceptance that we do look different, but especially with the puberty issue and things like that, yeah. your peers is, is a huge thing. Yeah. And most eating disorders develop between the ages of 12 and 25. And those middle school years, especially mm. off-time puberty, like huge. we've said before, that can be a huge determiner of negative body image. Something else, Nikki, is just your family. So your familial influence. Is there a history of eating disorders there, maybe with a sibling, maybe with a parent that can contribute to negative body image. Also, if they're driven by negative body image and they're eating and exercising habits, they may not have a full-blown eating disorder, but that can still impact you. Mm. And then two, if parents are placing too much importance on appearance, Mm -hmm. whether it's themselves or you, and we'll talk about social media in a second, but I, I think that can do so much damage to communicate, maybe not even intentionally, just kind of an unconscious communication that your appearance is really important because of what is put out on social media. Sports is also something else, Nikki. How can can that impact negative body image? I was, I I think in... Uh, I guess the first episode, I shared a little bit about my own experience as a gymnast. I mean, I think all sports potentially can contribute to this because you are trying to be the best that you can be at the sports that you play. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that in and of itself, but it can lead to extreme behaviors and doing things or if you do not have the perfect body for your particular sport. So I mentioned, you know, I was a gymnast and I mean, there are horror stories Laney, about young gymnasts and, and um, having coaches. Uh, often, a lot of times, they were older male coaches and literally calling their gymnasts fat 
yelling at them. I mean, there are documentaries on this. It is appalling. And I think about my experience as a gymnast, I did not have any coaches yelling at me or calling me fat. However, Mm. I was one of those that developed a little bit earlier. I was on a team with a bunch of girls that had not gone through puberty yet. And they were quite thin. I mean, it definitely lent me to being extremely self-conscious, talking about wearing baggy clothes. I did that. And so I would be trying to do backflips and giant swings and vaults with like a huge t-shirt flapping around me. And I mean, it was crazy. Ballet dancers, cheerleaders. One of my brothers was a wrestler and I can remember him getting up at like four o'clock in the morning to go and run so he could sweat out all of his extra weight and starve himself for like a couple of days beforehand so that when he went to weigh in for a competition, he would be at in the lower weight class. And this is just considered normal behavior. Wrestlers, honestly, so wrestlers and jockeys are like the highest likelihood of guys developing an Mm. eating disorder in terms of sports. So true because, you know, you being smaller can can be an advantage for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All kinds of things. And, you know, and then, you know, the opposite, like bodybuilding and things of that nature can, I mean, extremely dangerous. I mean, bodybuilders, mm-hmm. when they get up on that stage, they're at the point where they are completely dis- dehydrated and having starved themselves so that all of their veins and muscles can pop out so that they win that competition. And, and I mean, they've been known to pass out on the stage because, yeah. So, so sports, listen, Lainey and I, we both love sports, everyone. We are both athletes. We still love to watch sports, but there needs to be that awareness of what it can lead to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then just a couple more influences here certainly have to do with media. So TV and movies, so many studies just on what the mm. ideal female actress looks like versus the ideal male actor and the roles they're cast in and when female actors are done, quote unquote, because they start aging, whereas men, their body types, they're not done as young sometimes Mm. as women are. That's a whole nother issue. In commercials, TV shows, movies, whatever, it's the popular people or the central character typically that has a socially acceptable size and shape. Certainly sex sells, like that's a major issue that is used to push products. It communicates from a very young age this is what you should look like as a girl or as a guy this is what you should look for in a girl they should fit this ideal so just those internal messages that are really constructed from a young age and then social media Nikki so this is definitely the biggest one best for last (laughs) yeah right so this Surgeon General's report came out in May and I think there's so many important things that were said in this that we just decided to read through a chunk of it so Nikki tell us about what they discovered with social media and then directly how it impacts body image yeah And just so everyone knows, the Surgeon General is considered to be the country's senior physician and helps set a lot of policy. The Surgeon General here uh, just came out in May, and here's, here's what they had to say. While social media may offer some benefits, there are ample indicators that social media can pose a risk of harm to the mental health and well-being of children and adolescents. Social media used by young people is nearly universal, with up to 95% of young people ages 13 to 17 reported using a social media platform and more than a third saying that they use social media almost constantly. 
with adolescent and childhood representing a critical stage in brain development that can make young people more vulnerable to the harms of social media, the Surgeon General is issuing a call for urgent action by policymakers, technology companies, researchers, families, and young people alike to gain a better understanding of the full impact of social media use, maximize the benefits, and minimize the harms of social media platforms, and create safer, healthier online environments to protect children. And so then... Um, a quote directly from Dr. Vivek Murthy, the U.S. Surgeon General. It says, the most common question parents ask me is, is social media safe for my kids? The answer is that we don't have enough evidence to say that it is safe. And in fact, there is growing evidence that social media use is associated with the harm to young people's mental health. Children are exposed to harmful content on social media, ranging from violent and sexual content to bullying and harassment. And for too many children, social media use is compromising their sleep and valuable in-person time with family and friends. We are in the middle of a national youth mental health crisis, and I'm concerned that social media is an important driver of that crisis, one that we must urgently address. So, um, yeah, those are just things coming down from the top. There's a lot of things that are very unique to the last 10 to 15 years that we just don't know how they affect brain development and, and such. Social media is one of them, Lainey. It is a huge concern. I'll go on to say a little bit more here and read a little bit more statistics. Social media may also perpetuate body dissatisfaction, disordered eating behaviors, social comparison, low self-esteem, and of course, this especially being among adolescent girls. A third or more of girls age 11 to 15 say they do feel addicted to certain social media platforms, and over half of teenagers report that it would be hard to give it up. When asked about the impact of social media on their body, 46% of adolescents ages 13 to 17 said social media makes them feel worse. I bet it's actually higher than that, by the way. Yeah, I think that's pretty low. Yeah. 40% says it makes them feel neither better nor worse, and only 14% said they make it feel better. Yeah, I I would definitely uh, lean towards that's probably not fully accurate statistics. It's probably worse than that. Additionally, 64% of adolescents are often or sometimes exposed to hate-based content through social media. And studies have also shown that a relationship between social media use and poor sleep quality reduce sleep duration, sleep difficulties, and depression among youth, which of course all can lead to worsening of any mental health issues that are already there. So it's coming out, Lainey, that this is a problem. Again, this was mostly focusing on adolescent girls. And I think just because it's such a critical time in in brain development. But the reality is, even for an adult, social media has vastly increased our exposure to what we would consider to be um, fake and unrealistic ideals. Mm -hmm. Recently, I was on an Instagram page, a woman's Instagram page. She's not someone I know personally, someone I have a loose connection with. And I'm scrolling through this page and there's a million filters. There's definitely uh, the sex sells sort of message happening there. And I found myself comparing myself to her and being made to feel that there was something lacking in me. Mm -hmm. And I, I really had to catch myself 
because it actually started to send me down a bit of a a mental spiral there. And I really had to catch myself and be like, Nikki, what are you doing? And thankfully at this point, I'm mature enough in my life, my walk with the Lord, where I'm at with my own body image that I was able to catch myself. But the problem is a 13 or a 14 year old girl is not as much uh, Mm -hmm. at all in, in a place of maturity where they can catch themselves. Even many adults and young adults have not worked through it enough to be able to catch themselves. And and if I could start comparing myself and kind of vortexing down there into a, a negative spiral, how much more so these young girls? Man, Nikki, thanks for sharing that. I think it happens so quickly because it's subconscious. It's just part of our sinful nature to start picking ourselves apart before we even realize it. So yeah, like I should encourage y'all, if you want to read more for yourself from the Surgeon General's report on social media, it's certainly out there. It was released in May. I think the conclusions from it, and of course, we certainly don't know everything, all the ways that it impacts us, but even just the impact on negative body image, it it may be worth assessing not only the time you spend on Mm -hmm. social media, but, you know, your motives behind what you post on social media, who you follow, but then certainly if you have kids and if they're exposed to these things. But on the flip side, Nikki, there have been studies that show reducing your time spent on social media can quickly change your experience of negative body image, Mm. which that's pretty significant. I think that's probably pretty logical, but the average teen spends six to eight hours a day on social media and adults certainly, who knows how much we spend on it. But if you're a parent modeling that in front of your kids, just keeping these things in mind that being aware of what conceptions you may be passing on to your child and the toll that they can take on the way they view themselves, particularly their bodies. I think this gets us to the end here, Nikki, and probably the best way to kind of wrap things up. Let's talk through a few ways that either you can assess yourself. So we went through like signs of negative body image earlier, but these are more of how you can help yourself, of course, but then certainly if you're a parent, if you're leading, maybe you have a small group of students, how you can help the people that you lead. So what's the first thought here on this? The first thing I would say is look inward, assess yourself, and set a good example in terms of like what you say, what you are doing. I mean, I am not a mother. I do have a lot of interaction and influence with teenage girls. If you are a parent, you want to assess whether or not you are setting a good example and even really realizing that something that you could be doing that perhaps for you, you have good control over it and and a healthy perspective. But even still, what you're doing, you have to realize the impact that it has on those that you have influence over your own children, for me, the youth. I mean, if you are sitting there constantly scrolling through social media, constantly doing selfies and throwing a million filters and spending hours making your perfect Instagram, if you are constantly talking about your own body flaws in front of your children, talking about how much you want to do this or that or obsessing over the perfect outfit or the perfect makeup or just going and getting all this plastic surgery or like whatever it is, it could come in so many forms. But if you are doing these things, even if your own motivations are good, which that has to be assessed too, but even if they are 
strongly consider the influence of what you're doing is having on your daughter or your son Mm -hmm. or that teenage girl that you interact with. You may have determined before the Lord that like, oh, it may be something completely innocent on your part, but it is still something that can have impact on someone else. And so I would just very much consider you are a mother going out and getting some kind of plastic surgery and you have a 15-year-old daughter. I mean, I am not going to sit here and tell you that you are in sin, but you really need to consider the impact that that's having. Again, if you are just every kind of filter on every picture, please consider the impact that that is having. Nikki, we got you on a little soapbox there for oh, a second. Oh my <laughs> goodness. It is it is something I do feel strongly about, Lainey. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, I think another point is if you do have a child or you do lead others that are engaging in social media, just be frank about the dangers. Yeah. Be honest with them. Let them know up front, hey, if you start feeling this way about yourself, if what you're watching is making you want to engage in behaviors that are harmful to your body, you need to come talk to me. You need to tell somebody, have these checks and balances in place, and then even have regular conversations to see if they're being affected in ways from social media that are unhealthy and going to lead to negative body image. 100%. I think we would also say be careful when it comes to overdoing appearance-focused compliments. By all means, tell your daughter that she's beautiful. (laughs) By all means, tell that youth girl that you have influence over that you love the dress that she's wearing today. You know, absolutely, those things are fine to do. But if that is all that you are ever complimenting your daughter on or your son or let's let's realize that like there is so much more to a person than their outward appearance. I mean, the scripture says the man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And so as we're helping our children grow, grow closer to the Lord, grow just in maturity and in self-confidence, absolutely, like I said, tell your daughter that you think she's beautiful. But also just let her know when she is doing something that is a wonderful thing to do or when she is showing grace and kindness and servant heartedness and when she has been honest about something or, you know, any number Mm -hmm. of things um, when she's working hard in school. Do those things as well and don't make it always about the outward appearance. Yeah, that's helpful. Nikki, I think probably the last one is just teach a biblical view of the body because we want the thoughts we have about our bodies to reflect scripture first. That's part of a biblical worldview. And again, we're building to that. We're going to do episodes directly on that. So that will come. Definitely, we've reached the end of this one. We've given you lots of information about negative body image. In the next episode, we're kind of going to look at some of the consequences of what negative body image can lead to and get specifically into eating disorders like anorexia, bulimia, and then maybe even talk about some that you've not heard of before. So we hope you'll join us then. If you found this episode to be helpful and think someone else could benefit from it, please pass it on, uh, share it with others, and we look forward to joining you next time. Mm